0: Our first question on page 121. When have you had a blast giving something away?
1: <laughs> mission <laughs> trip. Huh? When I was
0: on a
1: mission
0: trip. What did you give away on a mission trip?
1: Banana.
2: They were
0: excited. Okay.
2: <laughs> Banana. Banana. Bananas. <laughs> they were excited. Okay.
0: Anybody else had a blast giving something away? Oh, by the way, the new books are here, you need them for next week. So make sure to see Albert before you go. $3. <laughs> and
1: that's,
0: that, 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 that includes what? We to give a car to a camp
3: for their use. Wow. a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Praise the Lord.
1: But some footages. Some pointages. Pointages,
0: pointages okay. All right. It feels good when you give stuff away. Yes. I giving
1: a Christian me. me Okay. All
0: right. Okay. Let's look at Bible Meets Life on page 122. We can have someone read that please.
1: The
2: Bible Meets Life. <coughs> Money. Most of us like to have it. Even more of us like to spend it but we don't usually like to talk about it, especially at church. (laughs) Would it surprise you to know that most pastors don't like to talk about it either? Pastors don't want to appear greedy, nor do they want to be associated with prosperity preachers. Those who preach that if you give more and more of your resources, God will bless you with health, wealth, and prosperity. In Philippians 4, however, We see that Paul was quite comfortable talking about money. He was comfortable living with money and living without money. How could that be? Paul was content regardless of his financial situation because his contentment and ultimate joy was in Jesus Christ. Let's move deeper into that joy as we explore some important passages from Philippians 4.
0: Okay, and what's the point of the lesson today?
2: Join God in his work of giving for the benefits of others.
0: Okay, it says, join God. Doesn't say be a spectator, watching God, does it? <laughs> That's what most people do. A lot of people do that, you know. They, be a, they become a spectator, watching how God works in giving uh, for the benefits of others. But it says we have to join God, right? Yeah. We have to join with him, become partners with him in that. Okay, let's look at uh, the passage on page
1: 123. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that once again you renewed your care for me. You were, in fact, concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. I don't say this out of me, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to have a little, and I know how to have a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Still, you did well by sharing with me in my hardship. Now, okay. School
0: class, you well, let's answer that first question then. <laughs> we can pray for Sister Brenda. Yes, right. How would you describe what it means to be content?
2: Being satisfied with what you knowing that Christ is one.
0: Okay, being satisfied knowing that Christ is enough. That's Sister Staria. How she feels. Now, anybody else want to share they feel about uh, how this passage described what it means to be content?
1: <coughs> I was
0: gonna... I agree with you agree with Sister Staria? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I
3: was going to say, I <laughs> use the word satisfied as well with what I am and what I have even in this Secret, most
0: inner part of my being. <laughs> There's <our> satisfaction. Okay. <laughs> so we say satisfaction, it means with what you have, right? Mm, trying. Okay, let's look at the paragraph beneath that verse then. Someone read that.
2: Paul began this passage with an explosion of joy. <laughs> I rejoice in the Lord greatly that once again you renewed your care for me. Paul was thrilled by Philippians' generosity, <coughs> compassion, and renewed support for him. In verses 11 through 13, Paul explained Christian contentment. The stoic philosophers of Paul's day interpreted contentment as self-sufficiency. Paul revolutionized the idea of contentment from self-sufficiency to Christ's sufficiency. Contentment is about believing Christ is enough. Therefore, contentment doesn't depend on our circumstances. Paul's contentment didn't increase or decrease based upon his material provision. He taught that the rare jewel of Christian contentment has nothing to do to our circumstances. It's found in Christ. We need only him. Contentment is learned twice Paul said he learned contentment. Paul knew abundance. He knew what it was like to be hosted by the wealthy Lydia in Philippine. See Acts 16, 14 to 15. But Paul also knew hardship, extreme hardship. Lest we think he was merely blowing smoke, just read 2 Corinthians 11, 24 to 27. Paul knew what abundance was like but he also went without food and knew what it was like to sleep in the cold. He learned how to be content in both environments. Many athletes love to quote Philippians 4.13 for inspiration, but I can't dunk a basketball no matter how often I quote this verse. Hmm. The phrase, all things, must be governed by the contents, which in this case is about contentment and material possessions. I can do all these things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul was able to be content in every situation through Christ. This, then, is the secret. Christ is enough. Paul wasn't preoccupied with his situation. He was preoccupied with Jesus. When you focus on Jesus, you can be content.
0: Okay, let's look at those two passages that I mentioned there. Um, Acts chapter 16, Mm -hmm. verse 14 and 15, Uh, let's look at that, at that verse, Uh, a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, Thyatira, Mm -hmm. seller of purple fabrics, Mm -hmm. worship of God, was listening and the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household had been baptized, she urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. So we see how Paul benefited from the blessings of one who he blessed in his ministry. Okay, what's the other passage? Second Corinthians chapter 11, 24 to
2: 27.
0: Someone out there can read it. Mm
2: -hmm. After Jesus five times received by forty strikes. Say one thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stored. Thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I have been in the deep. Enjoying often. In perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of the of the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watching often in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness.
0: Boy, that's a lot to go through, isn't it? What
1: mm-hmm.
0: oh, is it? Five times mm-hmm. he was flogged. Mm-hmm. 39 lashes, yeah, yes, five times, and he survived. Yes, he did. Okay, they tried to beat him to death, but he didn't die.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Three times he was beaten with rods, that's different from the, the other time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Then he was stoned. Normally, when a person is stoned, they die.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He survived. He was shipwrecked. Three, anybody ever, ever been in a shipwreck?
1: No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. no. always. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Paul was shipwrecked three times. So you know only God could have saved him, right? Yes. Then he talked about being in a, a, a night and day uh, in the deep, that is in the ocean. Yeah. Okay, all night and day in the ocean, that's as a result of the shipwreck. The boat sank and there was nothing there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, then he talked about being in dangers in his journeys. Dangers yes. from rivers, dangers from robbers or criminals, dangers from his own people, yes. his own countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, mm-hmm. people who God has called them to go and reach with the gospel, uh, dangers in the city, mm-hmm. okay. dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers from false brethren, boy that's a good one, mm-hmm. false brethren, those who pretend to be who are they are not. Right. Okay, and then you talk about labor and hardship. Sleepless nights. Anybody know what it is that was sleepless night.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. Sleepless nights. Mm-hmm. Hunger, Thank thirst. God. I'm sure we've all been hungry and thirsty, right?
2: Not really hungry and thirsty. No, not, hungry. not really? <laughs> Maybe miss a meal or two. That's,
0: true. <laughs> well, that's what you call it, eh?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Often without food, he says, and cold and exposure. So Paul went through a lot, but in all that, he was able to be thankful. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because he knew that God was in control, he was content. He was content. <laughs> okay, let's look at the other question. There, question number three on page one twenty-four,
2: verse thirteen is often taken out of context. How should we understand it in light of verses ten through twelve? Had a difficult time
1: with that.
0: Okay, we. You have people to use that out of context a lot, right?
1: Yes.
0: When they go into one one example here was the athlete. Athlete,
1: mm-hmm.
0: all right. You hear them talk about you know they can do all things through Christ. That's not uh, that's not what that voice is talking about. Right. You know, it's talking about uh, doing things in context. In context. Okay, Paul, uh, in verse thirteen is where we see that. Uh, This secret truth was and is reliance on Christ through relationship with Christ. Christ strengthens. The tense indicates a constant infusion of strength. The believer through relation with and complete dependence upon the Lord Jesus Christ by faith is able to do what he says uh, he can do. Christ is our never-ending source of power for contented living. Context is supremely important here. Power from God comes within the will of God. In the ebb and flow of life, Paul found stability in the churning waters. He depended on God's power to sustain him while in the will of God. So we can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Only if we are in the will of God and totally dependent upon God, you can't do it if you use the word flippantly, like so many people do. Okay, so that's the secret to Paul being able to do so many things, uh, and we saw what he went through. Many people have, if they'd gone through half of what Paul's been through, they probably would have given up. Oh yes. Notice the second paragraph on page 124. Paul was able to be content in every situation through Christ. This then is the secret. so now you get the secret. Christ is enough not Christ plus this and Christ and that or Christ plus this. Christ is enough Paul wasn't preoccupied with the situation. he was preoccupied with what with who? Jesus with Jesus his situations didn't. Bore them to the point where he got bent out of shape and got upset and no, he was preoccupied with Jesus. Now, when you focus on Jesus, you can be content. Now,
1: you, now this here, it's when you were talking about the Lordship of Jesus, this ain't no plaything here. You know, I this right here, now, I, Christ is enough. Mm-hmm. Where I eat, sleep, go, stay, this is the Lordship of Jesus Christ. This ain't no play in here. So a lot of people, they think, like you said, they can say that, but well, it's the Lord of everything you do.
0: That's the only way you can say it? So that's what I'm saying. It Lord. I,
1: can,
0: I can't. Anyway, <laughs> okay. <go ahead>. okay.
1: <laughs> yes. Anybody
0: I else? Anybody else? Okay, as we continue with verse 15 to 18, we'll uncover more of what Paul found so admirable about the Philippians giving as a church. So let's look at those verses in the, uh, verses 15 to 18. The, the
3: Philippians know that in the early days of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent gifts for my need several times. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that is increasing to your account. But I have received everything in full, and I have an abundance. I am fully supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you provided, a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God.
0: Okay, now Paul mentions two cities there. Uh, two towns uh, and cities uh, where he got where he got help. Uh, He had um, the Philippians had followed Paul in his ministry when he left Macedonia and continued his his travels giving and receiving uh, basically Technical terms referring to credit and debit sides of a ledger. And those who are involved in accounting know what debit and credit is when you look at your ledger. Even if you, you do your checkbook, you see debit and credit. Right? Paul had credits on many ledgers from his work of introducing people to the gospel. And it's good when you have credits, right?
1: Yes.
0: Credit is good.
1: Yes, it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> only, only Philippians sought to honor the spiritual debt. Even in Thessalonica, a prosperous city of wealthy traders, only the Philippians gave to support Paul's gospel work. Other churches had received but not given. Mm-hmm. Sounds familiar, yes. eh? Yes. The Philippians understood the promise of sharing what they had received and enjoyed the spiritual blessings that came along with it. Such a consumeristic outlook is evidenced today by those who attend church, draw from its benefits, even partake in the blessings of a relationship with Christ, yet leave week after week without contributing to the ongoing work. Sounds familiar? We see it all the time. Okay, let's look at those uh, paragraphs beneath the verse there. Is this in there?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Excuse me. Read. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Once
3: we're content with our situations, we'll have freedom to give more freely. Looking at these verses, we can see three ways Paul described the Philippians' contribution to his ministry. First, Their giving represented a partnership in the gospel in verses 15 and 16. Let me state this negatively. If we aren't giving to God's kingdom, we're not partners in the gospel. We're more like consumers. Paul didn't view the Philippians as customers. He saw them as co-laborers. Most of the believers in Philippi were far from wealthy, yet they earned a reputation for giving sacrificially, generously, and cheerfully to support Paul's mission in Acts 16 and 17 and 2 Corinthians chapters 18 and 9. Second, Paul highlighted the spiritual and eternal fruitfulness of living a generous life when he said, I seek the profit that is increasing to your account. Paul wasn't joyful just because the Philippians had given him a gift. He was pleased because he knew the heavenly prophet, the spiritual fruit that would result from their actions. The apostle rejoiced to see the Philippians acting like Christians. Paul had opened his letter by praying with joy because of the Philippians' consistent partnership asking that they would be filled with the fruit of righteousness in verses 4 and 11. Their generous giving was one demonstration of their partnership that would produce fruit. Third, Paul described the Philippian sacrifice as an act of worship. Just as the Old Testament sacrifices made a pleasing aroma that would ascend skyward, Paul described the church's sacrificial giving as a fragrant offering that was pleasing to God. This was high praise indeed. Paul identified sacrificial giving as an act of the highest possible value, an act of worshiping God. What smells attract you? I like you. The aromas of a grill, a baseball field, coffee and my bride. It may sound strange, but sacrificial obedience is a pleasing aroma to God. It brings him pleasure. Talk about a motivation to give. Modern Christians need to understand that we don't have to contribute financially to our local church or God's kingdom as a whole. We get to give. Mm -hmm. We have the privilege of worshiping God, even as we contribute to his work of salvation and restoration in our world.
0: Mm -hmm. Amen. Okay, so a couple of points uh, uh, we know there. Once we are content with our situation, we'll find freedom to give more freely. Looking at these verses we can see three ways Paul described the Philippians' contribution to his ministry. First, their giving represented a partnership in the gospel. They were partners.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Second, Paul highlighted the spiritual and eternal fruitfulness of living a generous life. He says, I seek the profit that is increasing to your account important to remember. And then third, Paul described the Philippians as, he described the Philippians' sacrifice as an act of worship. Okay, so those are three important points to remember uh, when we think about Paul's example of giving. Question number four, what are some key ways to give in a way that pleases God? giving generously
2: to the growth of God's kingdom here on Earth,
1: um, volunteering for a missions
2: trip, and having the
0: watch. fortunate. Okay. So, sacrificially. Sacrificially, okay. Any others?
3: Giving your time.
0: Giving your time, okay.
3: Giving in a way that you would like to be given.
0: Okay.
1: In Lord's house. All right. Helping in, the Lord's house.
0: Helping in in the Lord's house, giving as you would like to be given or helped.
1: Never getting weary.
0: Never getting weary in giving, eh? That's right. You okay. Can't keep it. Hmm? You can't keep it. No, you can't keep it. Now there are a couple of passages that um, uh, was mentioned in that verse that it says we should see. Uh, but they're too long for us to go into, yeah. and that is Acts chapter 16 uh, and chapter 17 and 2 um, Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. Uh, a couple of things we note in those passages in Acts chapter 16, uh, we see Paul taking on an assistant, that is to help him to be able to do what he wanted to do. Uh, he, we see him go into Macedonia and the conversion of Lydia we read about Lydia and uh, how she was blessed and in turn blessed Paul in terms of giving and then we saw uh, we see the issue of the evil spirit remember that uh, Paul and Silas scourged and in prison in uh, verses 16 to 24 and then the conversion of the jailer at Philippi also in that passage in that chapter. And then Paul and Silas released is also recorded in that chapter. So we see all of these events uh, that did not deter Paul at all in terms of his focus and his mission. In chapter seventeen, uh, Paul uh, mentions Thessalonica, uh, and this is, this passage talks about that. Uh, he talks about the, the 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 noble behavior of the Bereans. Remember that how the Bereans could use the Bereans as an example. And then you, that uh, that uh, dramatic experience Paul had at Athens. Uh, remember when he went to the Areopagus and addressed those folks, uh, and then he preached there. Uh, the, 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 the what would I say? The scornful behavior of the Athenians toward Paul uh, during his ministry there when he went to to speak to them. Uh, and so we see those in, in, in events in chapters. Uh, in Acts uh, chapter 16 and 17. I encourage you to read those those two, those two four chapters because it gives you a lot of insight uh, in what Paul is talking about here in our study. Uh, so that could be a good assignment to do at home if you haven't done so already. When you look, when you look at these uh, readings and it says, see so-and-so passage the Scripture, it's good to look at it, to read it see what it says and how it addresses the issue at hand. Okay, as we conclude with verses 19 and 20, we'll find an incredible promise that offers the confidence we need to give in a tremendously joyful way. So let's look at that last, uh, those last two verses on page 126.
2: And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen.
0: Okay. Last question. What sort of needs can we expect God to supply? All. All? All. That's what the verse says, right? All. Do we believe that? Yes. yes, we do. All right, let's look at the passage. And this
2: magnificent promise, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God uses the Philippians to, to supply Paul's needs. See verse 18. And now Paul assured them that God will supply all their needs according to his infinite resources. Obviously, we should treat God as an ATM machine, something that only exists to be our greed but we can go to God to supply our daily needs. Matthew 6 verse 11 Remember the secret to contentment. Christ is enough. Once we know that secret, we'll be able to see the connection between financial support and genuine gospel partnership. We'll understand that giving is a way we can bear fruit, store up treasures in heaven, and worship God. And we know that when we live in such a generous and sacrificial way, we can trust God to take care of us. Continuing in verse 20, Paul rebounded with wholehearted praise to the Father. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the appropriate response to God, who has provided for our salvation and continues to sustain us spiritually and physically. God gave up his Son for our most desperate need. He provides for our daily needs, and he gives us joy that can't be found anywhere else in the world. Therefore, God alone gets the glory. Paul bursts into praise when thinking about the glory of the Father. I can't help but admire Paul for this. He was in prison, yet his spirit soared with a heart full of praise. We don't need bigger houses or bigger bank accounts to soar in worship. We simply need a bigger vision of God. We will soar too when we ponder anew what the Almighty can do, and what he, he has already has done. So let's join in his work by giving what we have for the benefit of others. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: Okay. Um, there's an assignment there, an activity there. Did anybody do that?
1: Sorry. Yes. yes.
0: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> do I need to ask? No. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, let's look at the, the, before we get to that, let's look at the, let's refocus on the final two paragraphs there, on page uh, 126. It says, Paul burst into praise when, thanking, when thinking about the glory of the Father.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I can't help but admire Paul for this. He was in prison. Mm-hmm. He had a spirit soared with a heart full of praise. Mm-hmm. We don't need bigger houses or bigger bank accounts to soar and worship. Yep. What do we need?
1: A bigger vision of God. A
0: bigger of God. vision of God. <laughs> and it says, we will soar too. When we, bond, when we ponder anew what the Almighty can do. That's the words of Him, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And what He has already done. So let's join in His work by giving what we have for the benefit of others. Okay, let's look at the, uh, that list. Um, that activity list. It says, uh, list five things you need right now. Pray about about those needs each day Mm -hmm. and then record how God meets each need when he does so. Now, you heard this book from last year. Did you do that and did you see anything happen? Anybody?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Yes. Okay. Star you did. What did you see? What did you pray for and what God answered?
1: My financial needs.
0: Okay. So you had financial needs. You prayed and God responded. Yes. Okay, was there any, anything else that you prayed for specifically and God provided specifically? Anybody else? I've
1: had
3: some cases that I've been dealing with like for many years, like 2008. Mm-hmm. And so those got decided on and finalized.
0: Okay, so you put them on the list as needs, yeah. prayed about them, and God answered.
1: Because to me, it's so stagnant when you can't move things along. So okay.
2: All
0: process. right, good. Anybody, you have more?
2: Oh, I have a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs> okay, what else did you pray for?
2: Pray for a closer bond with my mom, and okay. that is the answered. Okay, and um, still have one important one on the list Quentin.
0: Okay, so that ain't uh, answered that, yet. That,
2: no, that answer yeah, answer. that's a long wish to wait. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. all right,
0: okay, anybody else? I
2: pray that my children be
1: closer to the Lord. To read their and the way
0: they let okay. Was that answered? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> you, you heard that? Yes. Everybody heard that, right? Okay. Anybody else? That, that's the only one?
1: So far. <laughs>
0: okay, so you only had one of the five.
1: Which you pray for? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I pray I pray every day
0: for certain things and at the end of the day I give God thanks. So I have a uh, an ongoing list okay I Pray for, first of all I pray for success in all that I set out to do that day and I remember that as each thing is done I said Lord it's all you're doing thank you and so for me it's an ongoing it's a daily thing okay anybody else
1: you and I
0: similar okay <laughs> okay anyone else I pray for the lost every day. Okay. The lost every day. Okay. not
1: members. they are still
0: in public. Okay. I think
1: that's everybody's
0: everybody. Okay, look at that quote by Winston Churchill.
2: You get the other part? Other question?
0: Yeah. Oh, how could you use God's provision as motivating to help you meet the needs of others?
1: By being my brother's keeper.
0: Being your brother's keeper?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, when people hear about... Uh, how you are the need and you pray and God answered, do you think that's a good motivation for them? Yes. Yes. okay. But do we do that?
1: Sometimes.
0: Sometimes. You know, there are a lot of people who think that God doesn't answer prayer. They think that you just pray and pray forever and, and nothing happens. So it's a really good motivation for a person to hear that, you know, I had this particular need and I went before the Lord and the Lord answered my prayer. Because that would motivate them to do what?
1: Pray. Pray.
0: Not only to pray, but to do what else?
1: Believe us. Trust, trust, trust to believe and trust. and trust
0: that what they pray for, God is going to provide.
1: All yes. right.
0: So we see how important it is to motivate people by letting them know that our needs are met. Right. Yes. Okay. The quote by Churchill. Interesting. Okay. Page one twenty-eight. How would you give of your resources in order to join God in his work? Consider the following suggestions. Look for greed. Greed isn't an easily detectable sin. Pray to God as you look through your recent bank statements. Ask, am I trusting in money more than Jesus? Do money and possessions bring me more joy than Jesus. And then look for need. What need can you meet within your local church? Look for an opportunity to bless others and be an active partner in the gospel. And then look together. We can accomplish more for God's kingdom when we partner with others. As a group, find a way to regularly support and invest in a ministry that's changing lives and sharing the gospel in your community. I believe many of us are involved in that now, right? Yes. Operation in March and Care Kitchen and Awana and all those other areas, yeah. right? Okay, last point. When you, you may be uncomfortable talking about money. That's okay. But don't let your discomfort prevent you from experiencing the joy and contentment that comes with joining God <laughs> In the good work of giving for the benefit of others.
1: Amen.
0: Challenge for the week. Amen?
1: Amen. Amen.